Good evening and welcome back to Baseball Spotlight on National Sports Radio. I am your co-host Anthony Remedios alongside Ari Friedman. And today we have a special guest here with us this evening, Nick Bear, who is the newest member to NSR. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Anthony. Thank you guys for having me on. I've been looking forward to this for the past less than 24 hours since we planned it, but uh, I'm really excited to do this and uh, talk about free agency today. Great. And Nick uh, will be joining uh, us on several episodes Come on episodes throughout the year coming up and on some of our other NSR shows as well. Um, he has a lot of experience in podcasting. He does a radio show at his school um it's called what is it remind me what's your podcast called called? it's called the bear's den because of my last name wait the what the bear's den the bear's den i love it uh so today in our episode we're going to talk in depth about um all the off-season moves that have come up we have a few big moves that we're really going to go in depth about and then some of the smaller uh Less important moves we'll, we're just going to mention. But we're going to start with the winter meetings recap. In our last episode, we invited Jake Circus to come on. And we get uh, Ari, Jake, and I, we all gave our predictions for the offseason. And previewed uh, some of the big free agents, all of whom, well actually many of whom, um, have already signed a contract with the same team or a new team. So we're just going to go chronologically here. With the exception of the winter meetings, um, all the moves that we're going to talk about are ordered chronologically in the order in which they were officially signed, pen to paper. Um, these, this, may, this is not necessarily the same order we all heard about them. Um, so we're going to start with the winter meetings. Uh, the first deal that we talked about, uh, the first deal that was made was on Monday the 9th. That was the opening day of the winter meetings, and we that was Steven Strasburg, a seven-year, $245 million deal with the Washington Nationals. Um, Ari, why don't you start us off? Give us your thoughts here. Um, this deal really shouldn't have... Well, I take that back. This deal honestly did surprise me a little bit. I thought the Nationals were going to go after Rendon. Instead of Strasburg, because take away Strasburg from their rotation, still top five in baseball. Probably top three. So, I guess they wanted to maintain their World Series MVP. I totally get that. Um, So, yeah, I think this is a very well-deserved deal for Strasburg. He is definitely worth every penny of that $245 million with the Nationals. And they got him for probably the rest of his career, honestly. Because he's, I believe... 30 or 31 right now and they got him for seven years so unless he's traded um he'll be like 38 by the time his deal this contract is over so they he's probably going to be a national for life yeah um good take on that nick give us your thoughts here yeah i mean there's really not much to say here from the beginning of free agency it seemed like Washington wanted to bring back their World Series MVP. He and Strasburg wanted to retire in Washington. He made it clear in his introductory press conference that Washington in this is his second home, and that's really all he ever wanted to be um, where he wanted to be. And 
it just seemed like from the beginning there was no other place he was really going to go. I know there were rumors, oh, he could go back home to San Diego, but like I said, his home is now Washington. And also, let's not forget, players also have to look at it from the side of where is their family comfortable? Where are their kids comfortable? Um, His kids have probably grown up in Washington, have friends there that they don't want to leave. So he probably also has to consider that. So with everything being said, him going back to the Nationals should not be a surprise whatsoever. But the contract was a little bit of a surprise. I didn't think he would get 245, uh, but it's definitely well-deserved. I agree. Um, That's actually a very interesting take. Something that a lot of people don't really think about is the families. Uh, you got to realize with that, I'm going to build on to what you said here. You got to realize that the that the parent, that the wives and kids and the rest of the family, they're home alone basically for five, six months of the year by themselves, uh, depending on where the family is. A lot of guys, they will live where their home team is based out of so they can be home and come come back and forth. But that's not always the case. Um, and with kids, you know, I could see how that could how that could be um, how that would feel to have to move. Um, I know people who have done it. So definitely a very interesting take. For me, I didn't really expect um, Strasburg to go anywhere. A lot of people did uh, try to say he has a West Coast bias um, is actually a, that is something that a lot of that we said about all three of the um, big winter meetings uh, free agents uh, the other two of whom will be mentioned a little bit later but with Strasburg he just won a ring in Washington so I didn't really think he was going to go anywhere he opted out of his contract but I didn't really have a feeling he was going to go anywhere um, I had a feeling he was just doing that so he could test the market and get more money is simply all it was. Um, any other thoughts on Strasburg that you guys want to mention or the Nationals? No, no, I think, yeah, I think that good deal for both sides. I really did think they were going to be go, going after Rendon, but yeah. guess not. Yeah. So, yeah, moving on to the uh, so, next person for the second of the big three in the winter meetings, Garrett Cole signing a nine-year, $324 million deal with the Yankees. And not only did everybody see this coming, uh, it's also the biggest contract ever for a pitcher and the second biggest ever, period. So, just behind Harper. Um yeah, I, I think we can all agree that everybody saw this coming. He's a, he's been a Yankee fan. At, at his signing a few days ago, he brought or recreated maybe his sign, a sign that he brought to a Yankee game when he was a kid that said Yankees fan now and forever. And uh, now he can be because he's probably going to spend the rest of his career in New York because I don't think anybody's going to want that contract. Not a, and nobody's going to want him at 38. 39. No, I don't know. There have been some pitchers that are some pitchers pitchers last longer than hitters. That's what I'll say. I no, they're not low. they're not gonna want him. If they're gonna rely on him so much, he's gonna have so many innings on his arm, no one's gonna want him at thirty eight. Yeah. It depends. Um it'll be interesting to see. I didn't really um when you look at the money, 
it's not it's not a surprise it's coming from the Yankees. Everybody did see that 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 part of it was coming. Uh, how much though? Nobody expected, I think. Nobody expected 300 plus. Um, or at least a majority of people didn't expect it. The ironic thing I find about this is that in the NSR group chat that we all have with all 20 of us, I can't remember if it was Nick, I can't remember if it was you or Sammy who posed this question. But one of you guys had said, when do you think we're going to see a $300, a $300 million pitcher? To which Sammy and I were both like, I think it's coming, but Very I don't think soon. we're going to see that soon. Next oh, thing you know, well, all of a sudden we this contract comes and we're like, holy crap. <laughs> we're like, wow. And weren't we just I, talking I mean, about this? That was kind of funny for me. Yeah, I mean, so when Strasburg signed his deal, I don't think anyone expected him to sign for as much as he did. But once he did, I started thinking, you know what? Garrett Cole's going to get $300 million. He has to at this point. He's the best pitcher in baseball right now. Maybe you can give the argument of maybe a Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom because DeGrom has won two straight Cy Young. But, DeGrom's uh, better. But Garrett yeah. Cole... Um, is obviously a better pitcher than Steven Strasburg right now, and he's two years younger. So the money didn't come as a shock to me. Um, I think, if anything, it was how far over $300 million it was. I didn't see 324 coming. I saw right around 300 coming to him. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do want to give uh, credit to Jake here. Um, if you're listening to this, Jake, or if you happen to listen to this later, because you did predict, um, not that it was much of a surprise, that Garrett Cole would be a Yankee. You both, you said that both on the show, um, on your social media, and in our um, group chat. So, credits to I you I think there. the most impressive part of that prediction was when he went into a place without Wi-Fi yes. for a few hours, and he tweeted or like texted some of us that was like, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to lose Wi-Fi for a few hours, and when I come back, I expect to have a new ace. And yes. what happens? He signs with the Yankees while he's out. That is impressive. So that was, that was probably funny. the greatest prediction I've ever seen. That was funny. I mean, the room, the, I mean, the, the room, they were like, it was pretty much a guarantee he was going to be with the Yankees at that yeah. point. It was only a matter of time. Yeah. And it was going to be within the next day or so. So he was right, and it happened. Yeah. So, Props to Jake for that. That was a great prediction. One of the funnier ones, too. Yeah. So, uh, Nick, you had also pointed this out to me, um, that the Yankees can void his fifth-year opt-out and extend the contract to 10 years and 360 mil. Do you want to talk about that? Because you know more about that than I do. Yeah, I mean, the only significance in that is that that would make Garrett Cole the highest paid free agent in MLB history because Ari, like you said, this is the second most money a free agent has ever earned behind uh, what Bryce Harper got of $330 million. So if the Yankees last off season earlier this year, um, so if they do void that fifth year opt out and extend it to 10 years, 360, that means Garrett Cole is now the highest paid free agent in MLB history. And I don't know how long that will actually last. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's just point out for a fact that Steven Strasburg was the highest paid pitcher of all time for a minute. 
<laughs> he was for a minute, but we knew it was only going to be for a minute. Yeah, we knew Kowal was going to pass him. So here's the thing I will say about that. Um, as soon as the Stra- before the Strasburg deal came out, so the Garrett Cole deal was made on Tuesday. Strasburg signed, uh, agreed to his deal on Monday. And yeah. Before the Strasburg deal, that's before 300 wasn't even thought of by anybody. But then, um, but then once the Strasburg deal came out, that it was the past five or so seconds. Darn it. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay. I can. Okay. All right. So anyways, so just was... some... yeah. I, cut you, off again. I, you cut it off at the exact, you came back in at the exact same time. That's so, like, <laughs> I heard the 300 million was even thought about or something like that. That's what you came back in right there both times. <laughs> yep. Darn. I don't know if you're pulling your plug on your mic, but it's funny. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not pulling your plug. Okay. Your deal with the Angels. Oh, there we are. Um, there we are. That was also exact mirror image of Strasburg's contract. Seven year, $245 million with the Angels. Um, great signing. Came out of nowhere. I was not expecting the Angels to get Rendon. I wasn't like, expecting I, I didn't even either. hear him, like, I, I didn't even hear him in the, um, what's it called? In the, uh, rumors. Like, that. I didn't hear no rumors about Anthony Rendon going to the Angels. And all of a sudden, boom, it happened. Yeah. Um, that was definitely un- unexpected. For sure. Nick, yeah, what- I mean, the thing is with me, I... So I kind of heard maybe the day he signed, I heard that morning that the Angels were in. But, you know, we were all just thinking, like, oh, they're just in because they're in. They have the money. They're not actually going to sign him. But, I mean, I almost jumped out of my window that they signed him. I mean, I got hit by a car five weeks ago, and I still almost jumped out of a window. I was so surprised. Um, I don't think this was a – I mean, anyone who signs Rendon, I guess, is a good signing, but – I think the Angels are one of a couple teams that really could sign him, and he doesn't make much of a difference for the team. Yeah, he was like the one. The Angels were the one team that could have signed, that had the means to sign Rendon, and it would not help them reach the playoffs. Yeah, um, I do recall at one point uh, when the Rendon deal before it came out. I do remember hearing the Angels being talked about. Um, but I yeah. don't remember it actually um, coming in. Or, uh, I remember it being talked about that the Angels were in it, but nothing was ever really that serious. And even like in the lead-up to it, it there weren't like strong rumors or anything either, if I recall. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of what happened. Like, yeah. I, yeah, don't I, mean, I don't think I was on my phone a lot that day, so I don't remember hearing any rumors at all. Oh, wait, no. Actually, no, I take that back. I do remember hearing a couple, like, Angels appear to be in on Rendon. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't, they, they're stupid if they get Rendon, and boom, they got Rendon. I mean, yeah, for me, it was... Okay, like... we can all agree, Rendon, great addition, they still have a ton of problems, namely pitching, and right now their team is still not a playoff team, not even close. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. Agreed. I mean, okay, so before we move on to other free agents, another thing I want to bring up is that, so most people know that Scott Boris 
each of these players that we mentioned so far, Strasburg, Cole, and Rendon, are all clients of Scott Boris. Now, what I think Scott Boris, he had a plan going into free agency was he was going to get the most money out of Steven Strasburg he could because he knew Garrett Cole was better than Strasburg. So if he got the most money out of Strasburg possible, he would bring Garrett Cole's price tag up over $300 million. And I think he wanted one of his clients to get over $300 million this offseason. And by those two pitchers getting signed with as much money as they did, it brought Rendon's contract way up to match what Strasburg's contract was. Because I think without the Cole um, signing being $324 million, I don't think Rendon gets 245. I think Scott Boris came into the winter meetings with that plan. And it is a plan I that think, worked. I think Rendon's worth more than Strasburg. I think Rendon got underpaid, honestly. That is a that is honestly really that's a severe underpayment. Rendon he, could easily have gotten three hundred million, and I would not he have. Just been, had, he just had he just had a breakout season. He just had his best season. Period. But he's been having great seasons for the past three four years, and yeah. been getting no recognition for it. Yeah, so but the I would is, not. I would I would have no problem with Rendon getting three hundred million. Yeah, but the I problem wouldn't. is, so you can't obviously you can't give Rendon really. 300 plus million on a seven year contract. But earlier in the season, I had heard Rendon doesn't want to play past the age of like maybe 36 or whatever. I think this contract okay, I did hear into, that, your, yeah. into your 37 or whatever. So I don't think a team would have even been close to willing to give him six or seven years, 300 plus million. I think that's just okay, that's ridiculous. Good. Okay, that makes sense. Um, we're actually going to get back to Scott Boris. Um, at the end of this episode, because there is something that I do want to, there I do have some other statistics, but in the meantime, we're gonna go through some of these other uh, moves because that does play a factor into what I'm gonna mention later. But before we do that, I do also want to make a note that at the winter meetings, this is not a major deal. Well, it kind of is. Um, at the winter meetings, after um, on Tuesday. Earlier in the day before Garrett Cole got signed, the Angels had traded Will Wilson, who was the 50th, no, not the 50th, the 15th overall, um, the 15th overall pick of the draft in 2019, and he was also there, and that was in the first round. And so, um, Will Wilson and, and uh, Zach Cozart signed, uh, got traded to the Dodgers, no, not the Dodgers, the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, in exchange for cash and a player to be named later, which I don't know if they named that player yet. Um, But basically, the Giants, it's a great move for them. It's the only one of two moves we have seen from them this offseason. And this is a really um, good deal, in my opinion. Um, It really gives... It really shows, I think, what we're trying to do. Uh, some people would disagree with this. Continue. Wait, wait, wait. What did the, who did the Angels get? Cash and a player to be named later. Huh. So literally, the Giants got Will Wilson and Zach Cozart for nothing. And literally, yeah, our, yeah, our, I think... that was a great move on the Giants' end. And I think it's really what we kind of need to be doing. It shows that we 
are trying to stock up younger prospects and really redevelop a farm system. Um, the, it has been shown to be successful with the Braves, the Astros, and there's other teams that are doing that. So I think it's a great signing. Um, we only yeah, picked up. I think up, that was a really good deal by the Giants too. We only picked yeah. up Zach Cozart to get Will Wilson, and as a result, the Angels were able to drop um, cap space for what some thought was Garrett Cole, but a lot of people thought that was going to be for Rendon, and indeed it was. Yeah, I mean, I I like your guys' takes, but I kind of, while you were talking about this, Anthony, I kind of thought to myself, okay, so if the Angels think they're in on Rendon, but they have Zach Cozart, who also plays third base. I know he can play shortstop too, and they're paying him a lot. He's been injured the past couple of years, so they need to get his payroll off the book. I think the Angels plan on, okay, we can't get rid of Zach Cozart by himself. Let's give the Giants also the 15th overall pick in the 2019 draft, Will Wilson. And that's where the Angels felt like they were seriously in on Rendon. So they have to shed Zach Cozart's salary and open up third base to get Rendon. I think that's where the Angels, that's what the Angels are thinking about this trade. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That happened way before Rendon, too. So they must have been thinking about it for a long time. No, that they happened on Tuesday. Like were... The trade happened on Tuesday before Cole got signed. Rendon was signed that Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, Wait, maybe, really? maybe the Angels uh-huh. were in on Rendon more seriously earlier than anyone thought. Probably. Um, but at the same time, I also think that the Giants also made this trade because, yes, one, they got a prospect out of this, and two, Zoe uh, Cozart, he could be a bounce-back candidate, and because the Giants are a rebuilding team, if he bounces back, which is what they hope he does, then he could be a, a solid uh, pickup for a playoff contender at the deadline that they could trade for a prospect. That's a, that's a good point, too. The main thing is for uh, Cozart... I think we're using him. I think we're getting him as a backup for um, Crawford. Or Longoria. Yeah. Or Longoria at third base, true. Um, we don't need him at second, though, because we have Dubon. Yeah, so, that's true. So, I'm going to go through some other um, deals that have happened in the meantime, and then we have some more bigger things we're going to discuss in depth. Tony Watson has signed a one-year, three million deal with the Giants. Howie Kendrick, a one-year, six point two five million deal with the Nationals. Jose Peraza, one-year, three million with the Red Sox. Didi Gregorius, one-year, fourteen million with the Phillies. And Michael Waka, pitcher, one-year, three million with the Mets. Um, do you, before we move on, do you guys have any thoughts on those real quick? Yeah, I just want to say real quick for the Gregorius signing, I think the obvious thing here is that he's back with his former Yankees manager, Joe Girardi, now in Philadelphia. Um, so it seems like they got along really well in New York. So I think D.D. Gregorius really wanted to be back with Joe Girardi. Yeah. Um, and I think D.D. Gregorius sucks. I think that's it's a great... That's all I want to say. <laughs> it's a great deal okay, for the terrible Phillies. signing. This is a terrible a- signing. I don't mean to cut you off. This is an awful signing for the Phillies. Didi Gregorius, his offensive numbers from last season, I know he was injured for a little bit, 
But he played a lot for a lot. They sucked. They were <laughs> awful. And they weren't that great the year before either. A lot of, he had like a great April, and then he sucked for the rest of the year. So I don't know what the Phillies are smoking, giving him $14 million. <laughs> while Howie Kendrick only got $6.25 million, who was the most underrated player last year, by the way. Yeah, that, okay. Howie Kendrick there. was underpaid. Howie Kendrick was underpaid. I will agree with you there. Yeah, they should swap contracts, and I'd be very <laughs> happy with that. Yes, I would yeah. be too. Really? That, that's that's an awful... Okay, I get, like, bringing the veteran bat to the face. I get that. And, like, a veteran hitter and defender. His defense is okay. Actually, no, his defense is fine. But, like, his hitting has really gone down since, like, past even a couple of years ago. Even a couple of years ago, it wasn't that great. It was probably, like, below all-star level. It was above average, but not quite all-star level. But the past couple of years, it's been awful for Gregorius. Yeah. And I get, yeah. like, it's, it's a big name. You know, like, you know, I'm not going to compare him to Harper. But it's a big name, you know. Flashy player, makes good defensive plays, but he struggles with the bat. So unless he proves himself with the bat or, like, does something productive, I, I'm i going to stick by my opinion that this, the fact, not my opinion, that this is a horrible signing. Yeah, but if you look at the Phillies team, even before T.D. Gregorius, they already have enough bats, so they may literally just be paying him $14 million just for defense. Which would be a lot in itself. That's way too much for defense. Yeah, but, I mean... You make I'm a much bigger the- impact with your bats than you do with the gloves. I Anybody, think everybody that's, does. That's the only reason they signed him then, that if he doesn't have good offensive numbers. Yes. But, like, but that's way too much. You, you can hide his numbers, too, when you're playing in the lineup with Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura, Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto. Like, you can kind of hide him in there somewhere, you know? Yeah, you can. But he doesn't deserve $14 million. So we're gonna. Right, move, I think we're gonna move on. Let's from, talk about. Let's move uh, on from Deed. We're gonna talk now about Blake Chinon. He signed a one-year, ten million deal with the Dodgers, and I am here in a conversation with two Dodger fans, and I'm a Giants fan. So I'm gonna let you two start on this one. Go ahead, Ari. All right. Um, I am terrified by this move. I think all <laughs> Dodger fans are. I and I am so goddamn scared for this because on the one hand Trinan had a historic 2018 where um, he, he pitched he, he was insane in 2018 let me pull up a stats real fast but I remember like he kind of came out of nowhere I think he came out of Nationals um, before he was like picked up like I, I think even off waivers for the A's uh, excuse me. Uh, he had a .78 ERA in 2018. Wow. That is crazy. That, that is, is unheard ridiculous. of. That's unheard of, yeah. So. And he's a reliever, was, right? Yeah, he's a reliever. A closer. And then, well, he's not going to be close with the Dodgers. And then he turned around, he did a complete 180. He had a .491 ERA. <laughs> last year that is he struck out way less guys he walked way more 
He gave up way more homers. He gave up. Wait a minute. What the? What? Wait a minute. It? Oh, that's triple A. My bad. Okay, never mind. Never mind. He, yeah. so he gave up way more home runs, more fly balls in general. Way harder contact. Not even, don't. I don't even mention his WAR. It, it was awful. He. It was awful. So on the one hand, I'm very happy that the Dodgers did something with their bullpen. But on the other hand, because like that's something we never do. But on the other hand, why did it have to be Trinan? He's like the biggest question mark in baseball right now. That is so true. This isn't funny. I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm just laughing at your emotion here. Fan, but I mean, I'm with you, Ari. Like, I'm in the middle about it. But, like, the sad part about this is, like, if this is our our big splash in free agency or on the trade market this year, whatever it may be, we are not going to get out of the first round of the playoffs next year. I'll, I'll say that much because Blake Trotting is not that much of a difference maker. All he really is is a Joe Kelly signing on a one-year deal. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but Joe Kelly was actually really good for us this past year. He was really good on the playoffs. Couple though. months of the season. Not in the yeah. playoffs. After okay, after April he was really good. He had like nine ERA in April. I'm not exaggerating. And then he had like a two three two or three ERA for the rest of the year, which was great. Um, and I really don't blame Joe Kelly for the loss for Game Five. That was all Dave Roberts. He knows Joe Kelly does not yeah. pitch more than one inning. He left him in. And then what does he do? Give us a grand slam. I, I'm sorry, Robert. That's on you. So, uh, I, I, just, I just really don't know what to make of the Dodgers right now. It, it's it's honestly like I might as well just root for the Kansas City Royals because they're not going to do anything different than the Dodgers are doing in, in the offseason. I mean, I might as well. I think I'm a Tigers fan now. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. Speaking of the Tigers, they, uh, we will be talking about them later. We're going to talk about another big deal. Um, this one surprises a lot of people, myself included in that. And that is the Corey Kluber trade to the Texas Rangers in exchange for Delino DeShields and Emmanuel Chase back to Cleveland. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of this. Um, it's good for the Rangers, but I don't get what the Rangers are doing because I don't see how they could be a contender. So, that's where I'm confused. Kluber is a great pitcher, despite the fact that it took him forever to get a deal for 2019. But, then he's going to the Rangers, and the Rangers just, yeah, they have a new stadium, but that doesn't mean anything. And they're still going to suck. So, let me hear what you guys have to say on this. Yeah, I'll go first on this, or second, I guess, because, Anthony, you just gave your opinion on this. Um, I had a couple different thoughts about this. Like, this is a, a, a low-risk deal for the Rangers. Um, they didn't have to give up too much for Corey Kluber. Hey, yeah, nothing he is, Kluber. He is coming God. off of, a, um, of an injury-riddled 2019 campaign. I mean... Nothing that should concern anyone because a lot of it was broken stuff, not like anything in the arm or whatever, like tears. But um, 
This is definitely a low risk, high reward trade for the Rangers that um, I think they just wanted someone that will attract the fans for a new stadium. And then um, my other reaction to it was like, well, since last offseason, the Dodgers have been rumored to get Corey Kluber. And the Rangers had not until basically the day I swear that they got Corey Kluber. And I was like, and I was like, the Dodgers have one of the best farm systems in baseball, and they have one of the best uh, regular season teams in baseball. Um, like, how can we have given up more? Like, how could we have not outbid the Rangers? It's like every single team is outbidding us every yeah. year. And we have, well, we have exactly what the Rangers need, too. They have no catchers. We have Cabert Ruiz, who's the best catching prospect in all of baseball. That's about to be, that's major league ready anyway. Oh, that's and, about to be. So I don't know what we were doing. I I don't know why. Like I'm, we must have had the idea of giving them Capert. I I mean, we must knows? have had that idea. Oh wait, 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 wait. Oh wait, I take that back. I was thinking of the Rangers. My bad. The Indians are fine on catching. They have um, Roberto Perez, just won the gold glove. Got good power. Um, so I take that back. So I was thinking of the Rangers. Um, we could have given them like, Jock Peterson. Yeah, we could have given them Jock or like May or um, like or Lux. Lux, I was, yeah. I was about to be. You know what? After, after this show, I'm going to cry myself to sleep after talking about the Dodgers this whole time. I've done that for the past. 17 years of my life, which is my entire life. So, uh, I'm going to join you there. One more night won't hurt. Right? <laughs> It'll just anyway. Hey, I had a dream last night that we had got Francisco Lindor and Mike Clevenger from the Indian. Then I woke up to reality, which was that we probably will never get them. Hmm. Yeah, we won't get them, especially because that they've actually made a couple of deals these past few days. We'll get to that later. Um, okay, back to this trade for Kluber. We're gonna wrap it up really quickly. Back for those for the Indians. Initially, everybody was like, "Holy crap, this is an awful deal." They the, the Rangers gave up nothing for Kluber, and on the surface, they're right. You know, Delano De Shields, you know, isn't a game changer, and neither is Emmanuel Chase. I, I thought Emmanuel Chase wasn't a game changer. Until I realized something, the Indians are in dire need of bullpen help, and they, aside from Brad Hand, they have nobody. And Emmanuel Chase is a rookie reliever last year who put up very, very good numbers actually, and he was very good in the minors. So, and Delano De Shields will provide some speed for them, which they don't really need more of. They have Lindor and Ramirez, but still, I guess he's. he's I would definitely take would pick DeShields over Lindor or Ramirez in the speed race. Um, so I guess that that's a plus. He can't hit, though. He cannot hit. So um, I guess I, I think the Rangers definitely won the deal, but the Indians didn't go empty-handed. So I think good trade, very an exciting trade. Um, but you, what you guys said about the Rangers sucking, I disagree. I think the Rangers are going to be very competitive next year. Um, I, I do. I do. They were I three games below 500. I did not say they would suck, by the way. 
Maybe okay, in Anthony, text I did, but not on this show right now. Anthony, you said that. I heard, yes, you, I did. I heard somebody say they're going to suck. They finished three games below 500 last year. Still fifth place. Losing Nomar Mazzara to the White Sox won't help them. Won't, but it won't hurt them either because, like, like, everyone knows who he is because he hits these monster homers. But he hit less than 20 last year. And, like, his average isn't great. His saber magics were awful. So, um, losing him isn't the end of the world. And getting Kluber will only will only help them win the rotation. The rotations, I, I, I think the rotations, it's very hit or miss because Mike Miner and Lance had great years last year. They're old, and they were both kind of came out of nowhere to have those kinds of seasons. So I don't really know if they're going to repeat them. Kluber, if he's healthy, which he probably will be, We'll probably have another Cy Young candidate season. So, I think, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But remember, this Rangers team, they they were in a wild card spot for pretty much the entire summer. Really? Yes. I do not remember that. <laughs> they were on fire for a while. Huh, okay. And that, But they also had uh, a comeback season from Hunter Pence um, yes. who actually slowed down second half and who's also a free agent now. So so maybe if they could get him back. But honestly, I don't even think they need him because they um, have a young guy that's ready to blossom who actually put up 20 homers last year, Willie Calhoun um, who the Dodgers actually had. Um, we traded him for somebody that never made an impact whatsoever. Um, and now, of course, he's doing really well. I'm expecting Calhoun to really break out next year. Um, so, and he honestly kind of did very quietly this year. But I think this, the Rangers team is looking very good. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they're good. They, they did good. They did good this offseason. It's not over yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the next move we're going to talk about, Ari, why don't you take us into the next move here? Uh, Wait, which one? The, the, the big one? Oh, the one you have highlighted. So this one's not a small deal. Joe Smith signed with the Astros. Um, good re-signing for the Astros. I was hoping the Dodgers would get him. But I'm assuming you want me to talk about the next one? Yes. That one. Okay, so, okay, this next one, a guy from Japan named Yoshitomo Tsutsugo signed with the Tampa Bay Rays for two years, $12 million. And this guy, I I had it spelled out. It's not hard of a, I I heard, once I heard it, I got it. It, I'm like that with most names. But he he said uh, in his, in his, uh, official signing uh, to call him Yoshi. So <laughs> that's what he's <laughs> He did say that. His words, not mine. Anyway, I think this really makes up for the Tommy Pham trade that the Rays made. They, they really botched that one. But this really makes up for it because I found a clip of this guy's home runs from last year. He was hitting them to the back of the bleachers every time he hit a homer in Japan last year. And he had, like, 40 homers last year, too. And his average was actually decent for a power guy, like 280. Wow. So this guy 
is going. I have a feeling. I know Japan's different than the United States, and you no, know, there's the deliveries are different, etc. But I think this guy is going to tear it up this year, and I think he's going to be the difference maker that's going to keep Tampa a playoff team. Okay. I, I don't have much to say on this. I mean, I don't even know anything about this guy. Nor do I know anything about anyone from Japan that comes out of Japan because I don't live in Japan. I live in the States. So I don't pay attention well, to Japanese players. Um, so I don't have much to say about this other than, well, it could be money well spent. I think yeah. it will be money, money well spent. Um, the next two deals, um, smaller deals, Rick Porcello, a one-year $10 million deal with the Mets, and Ryan Healy, one year's $1 million with the Brewers. And that takes us to our next big signing, Madison, Rum- Madison Bumgarner, five years, $85 million with the Diamondbacks. Um, this came kind of as a shock for people. Uh, nobody really, well... A lot of people didn't really expect him to go to Arizona, um, but it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise when you think of and realize the fact that him and um, I even was listening to KNBR, a local uh, Giants radio station, um, uh, earlier this week, a couple days ago, and there's a show every morning called Murph and Mac, and Mike Kruko, one of the Giants uh, radio broadcasters, was a guest on the show. We were talking about Madison Bumgarner, or they were, I should say, and uh, Kruko was talking about how him and his wife, uh, Matt Bum and his wife, have always loved Arizona. Um, they love it for spring training. They have a house out there. They have horses, so it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. Um, I think he could have gotten paid a little bit more, but that's okay. It's a great signing for the Diamondbacks. Um, another. Um, ace that they can add to their rotation, which I'm forgetting who they have on it right now. As for me as a Giants fan, um, it is sad to see him go. Um, and I do think the Giants should have tried hard to at least match price-wise. They had offered him four years, $70 million. Um, I think the Giants should have tried a little bit harder to match that. But in all honesty, in the fact that I could potentially, I am very possibly going to school at ASU next year, which is three blocks from the Chase from Chase Field, I'm not gonna complain. So it's kind of a win for me in a way still. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh no I mean, way in I don't really know what to make of this deal because it was like this feels like the same reaction we all had when the Diamondbacks signed, um, what's his name, Zach Granke last minute, like three, four years ago, it was like, oh, wow, they came out of nowhere to sign him. Okay, maybe they can be a wild card team. Three years later, they trade him because he's doing well enough so they can trade him. So I, that's where I feel like this is the same thing. Like, let's be honest, they might be a wild card team. They might be on the inside, outside looking in for the wild card. But they're not a true championship contender, so I think in a couple of years we're going to see Madison Bumgarner traded, just like Zach Ranky. Hmm. I, I can see, I see it happening. Um, I think it's a really good deal for the D-backs. Um, 
I think this is – that's honestly I, – I think my prediction was the White Sox, uh, but we'll get to the White Sox in a minute with their pitching. But I was – this – I think this one was really out of the blue. I heard no rumors at all. I didn't about either. Eric, I didn't about, either. About Bumgarner. About Bumgarner. I, I, I heard about, I heard about the – I heard one thing that the D-backs were contemplating offering him five years, seventy million, but that was it. I well, heard they bumped it up. I heard more about the Do- Mad Bum going to the Dodgers, which anybody. Oh yeah, that I... was really active. And I, yeah, no, no Giants fan I was wanted. Terrified for that. No Giants fan wanted that for sure, and no I had actually heard. I had, that, I had heard. I had heard that the D-backs signed. The D-backs had I had heard the D-backs had signed Madison Bumgarner. This is from their GM, by the way, that they had signed Madison Bumgarner so that the Dodgers couldn't get him. Really? That's what I heard. I thought. Well, okay. I think it's well, a good signing for the D-backs. I heard. I heard Bruce Bochy said he was surprised Madison Bumgarner didn't go to the Dodgers. Hmm. Okay, that one I did not hear. Yeah. Um, I was probably the one or two people on this whole universe that wanted Madison Bumgarner on the Dodgers. And for me, I put all the hate and stuff aside. Um, but also at this point, I'm just desperate. Okay. Yeah, I get that. We need a postseason performer that can actually do really well. I That's get my it. Point. Yeah, I get it. That Bumgarner is that guy, and he he would fit perfectly. But the Dodgers hate him, and he hates the Dodgers, and everyone knows it. Imagine him and Max Muncie on the same team. They, okay. Yeah, exactly. There's that. If the Dodgers had signed Madison Bumgarner. They would have had to sign him on a boat in McCovey Cove with Max Muncie on that boat, and they were going to go find that, that ball, ball together. They were <laughs> yeah. going to go find that ball together. Uh, I no, saw. I think, I think they would have. I think someone got that ball. Oh, I'm sure somebody would, did. I'm sure somebody the did. They would no. have found that person. But either way, they would have been on a boat together in McCovey Cove signing that deal. Okay, yeah. that the, yeah, that was and, that that might have been my favorite Dodger. That no, that was my favorite Dodger Giants moment of 2019. Maybe even the whole decade. Hey, if you don't and, hey, don't watch it. Just get it out of the ocean. And. And part of the deal line have, ever part of the deal with the Dodgers should have also been the second you sign the contract, you're putting on one of those get it out of the ocean shirts. I think uh, that would have made him resent LA even more. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Unless he, unless he's passed it by now, which I doubt he is. That would have been so he never fun. gets over a grudge. Yeah. Okay, there's I just one... can't wait for him to pitch against Squeak again. Wow, yeah, but we should have we should have brought him back, have Max Muncie on the team, and then bring Puig back. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I I still think we should bring Puig back, but that's just me. Actually, what that's would a lot that... of people. That's that story for another day. Yes. My over under for the number of fights that would have happened in the Dodger clubhouse with Mad Bum Muncie and Puig would have been at least ten. And I'd I say you're agree. taking the over I, on that. I'd take the over. I probably would too. All right, let's move on. There is uh, one. We got a whole string of. Oh, sorry, one more thing. So you know you. So we're gonna go. There's a whole string in a second of smaller deals, 
Um, but there is one thing that we did forget to mention about Rendon that I just remembered about. Um, and that is the fact that he had chosen um, the Angels oh, because right. of the Hollywood lifestyle. He had said that he didn't he didn't like the Hollywood lifestyle. What do you guys think about that? You don't have to live in Hollywood to play on the Dodgers, you moron. What the hell are you talking about? You can live in Anaheim and still play for the Dodgers. It's not like you have plenty of money for gas. You're a billionaire. Yes. You will be soon. You know, it's or, like or a multi-hundred millionaire. You could live in Anaheim and be a Dodger player. You know, yes. people make longer commutes for work. True. Me, this goes back like, to what the, thing what I said about the hell is he talking about? Like, Hollywood is not L.A. Hollywood is Hollywood. It's in L.A., but it's not it, – that's just a sliver of Los Angeles. And I know you'll agree with me, Nick. I don't agree with you. I, I, I think this goes back to what I said about Strasburg with the family thing. I think he seriously considered where his family wanted to be as well. And maybe you're right about the fact that he didn't have to live near Dodger Stadium or in Hollywood. But if you think about it, because the Dodgers are the better team right now, they get the more of the attention and all that. But I think it goes back to the whole family thing, um, more so than anything else. I, I think I don't really want to get into politics here, but I think it's honestly his, him, and his family's political views. I think he is very right wing, and LA is not right wing at all. Anaheim and Orange County is actually a very right wing city, so. That makes sense there, but you can still play for the Dodgers and live in Orange County. It's like yeah. not the end of the world to commute, you know? I mean, I'm not mad at him at all in the sense that if he did what was best for his family, then I totally respect that, and I'm happy for him if his family's happy. So I'm not Yeah, mad I'm fine with that. For all, all I was asking you is that Hollywood does not is a sliver of L.A., it's not, but again, it goes back to you have to consider what the family wants, too. Right. He's but raising. But there are, like a, you know, some. He has like a two-year-old daughter right now, I think, or whatever, whatever age she is. She's little, so they're gonna have to raise their kid out in LA. And I don't think they really want the spotlight on them all the time. And if okay, if I, if Rendon had signed the deal with the Dodgers, I really think he would have had the spotlight on him in L.A. But in, with the Angels, they still have Mike Trout, so the spotlight's on Mike Trout, not really Rendell. I don't know, Dodgers have Bellinger and Kershaw. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I just think Rendon would have been the spotlight guy for the Dodgers, especially since the Nationals beat the Dodgers, and then had he gone to the Dodgers after beating them, it would have been a big deal. Probably, but... Alright, that, that's an interesting take. Yeah. But Anyways, like, I still think that continue. there's a realistic scenario of him living in somewhere like not in a liberal part of LA and still playing the Dodgers. Anyway, yeah. let's get to that string and of free agent signings. That I'm just gonna be. I'm just the gonna. Name guys. I am just gonna fire them off here. Avisel Garcia, two years, twenty million dollars with the Milwaukee Brewers. Quan. Hoon Kim, did I pronounce that correctly? Yun, like okay. Yun Jin Ryu. Okay, I came close though. Um, he <laughs> signed. He signed two years, eight million with the St. Louis Cardinals. Matt Kemp, a one-year deal, uh, minor league deal with the Miami Marlins. 
Wait, pitcher Wayne, starting pitcher Wayne Miley, two years, fifteen million with the Reds. Starting pitcher. Okay, before we move on, I'll wait. Hang on, Anthony. I want to talk about Miley for a split second. I think okay. Wade Miley makes the Reds top five rotation in baseball. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. I think they were already really good before. Luis Castillo, uh, Sonny Gray, and Trevor Bauer. I think they were already top five before that. Yeah. No, I, I think they were close, but now I think they're for sure top five. I mean, maybe five. Maybe they were five and a half. They're they're for sure top ten. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tan, starting pitcher Tanner Roark, one year, $10 million with the Blue Jays. Martin Perez, one year, $6 million with the White Sox. No, Red Sox. Red Sox. Sorry. Sorry. Gio Gonzalez, one year, $5 million with the White Sox. Eric Sogard, one year, $4.5 million with the Brewers. Justin Smoke, one year, $5 million with the Brewers. Tyler Clippard, one year, six million dollars with the Twins. Sergio Romo, one million, one year, five mil with the Twins. Yimi Garcia, one year, one point one million with the Marlins. Julio Teheran, one year, nine million with the Angels. I'm gonna pause there okay, for a second. Let me say about Teheran as well. Okay, um, this is another. So, yeah, think- this is another good signing for the Angels and really um, helps boost their pitching staff, which is what they need. Even with Tehran, though, like, to say that Julio Tehran's your best starter is kind of pathetic, especially on, yes. like, a team with guys like Trout, Rendon, and Otani. Oh, yes. Like, they also got Dylan Bundy earlier. It's like, okay, really? That's who you're going after? Like, <laughs> Jesus. I guess they didn't want to pay big for Cole, but then they went after Rendon. It's like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> so now they're still not a playoff team. But they signed Tehran before both Kaipo and Ryu. Like, really? Yeah, like, I, I expected them to go after... I thought they would get Ryu, honestly. Hmm. But we'll see in a minute that they didn't. I, I actually thought they were going to get Madbum after they got Rendon, because Madbum was still in the market at the time. Um, and no one... Well, I was the only one who really had realistic thoughts of Madbum to the Dodgers, but I should have known that was false hope anyways. Um, but... Um, I really thought Mad Bum would have gone to the Angels, but I guess not. Yeah. Um, two other just sad signings. CJ Cron and Jonathan Scoop. One year, $6.1 million each with dun, 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 the Detroit Tigers. Just very sad for them. Two guys who have a lot of potential. And who do they choose? The Tigers. Of no, all they people. didn't choose. They went there... Just so they can actually be everyday starters, because they weren't everyday starters in the Twins. True. No, they don't. And Nick, were. you mentioned this earlier. They're probably going to get traded for prospects later on. Yeah. yeah. True. Um. All right. Also, um, I'm calling Jonathan Scopes Jonathan Scoop from here on out. Thank you for that nickname, oh Anthony. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time I've done that on this show, but continuing. I can't count how many times we've done that on this show, <laughs> or in general. That's bad. Uh, my apologies if you were yeah. a Jonathan Scope fan. Uh, Travis Shaw, one year, $4 million with the Blue Jays. Martin Maldonado, two years, $7 million with the Houston Astros. That brings us to our next big signing. 
Dallas Keuchel, three years, $55 million with the White Sox. The one, um, I'm going to say this. Interesting how he is signed in the first three weeks of the offseason when he didn't sign till mid-year last year. Anybody else have Probably because he told Boris, like, get me on a team, you bastard. I don't find it interesting at all because because he was offered the qualifying offer last year, he couldn't get that again this year, so there was no traffic compensation or loss attached to him for a team that signs up. That's actually but still, true. he was a very good pitcher. Yeah, he was. I don't know how he wasn't signed. The drastic compensation seems to be a big thing, and since there was none attached to him this year, um, I'm not surprised that he got signed much earlier. So I'm. Oh wait, so if it. someone had signed him last year, they would have lost a draft pick. Well, like, that's in general. Yeah. That's why he got signed when he did, because if he had gotten signed before, um, the Braves would have lost their a draft pick. I don't right, know but I'm one. talking on the off season too. Any time, yeah, any time of last offseason, um, if someone had signed him, they would have lost the draft pick. Cause he was Is a that because he opted off. out or something? Because no, he, he got the qualifying oh, offer. Yeah. Because, so if a team gives a guy a qualifying offer and they lose the player, they gain draft pick compensation, and the team that signs him loses it because he's attached to the qualifying offer now. Okay. Even if he declines it, the qualifying offer. What if, okay, but if he accepts it, nothing happens, obviously. If he accepts it, nothing happens, but really the qualifying offer really just gives the team that had previously had him protection in case they lose him, you know? Okay, so the way, hang on. I remember um, a couple of years ago, Mike Moustakis declined a qualifying offer from the Royals, but yeah. then they ended up signing him anyway, like right before the spring training. To, well, so what you, happened in that scenario? Did they just lose a draft pick? Do you, I, I, I don't think know they how, get anything or lose anything there. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I would assume they don't lose anything because he was still their original player. So how so would you why would you lose a draft pick of your own? That's just well, like, because doesn't make you sense. like you said, Nick, the draft pick is attached to the player. Yeah, I just I I just I just think they don't lose anything. They don't gain anything. I don't remember exactly You're what probably happened. probably right. Well, they gained um, the stock is for one year. But... Remember, this has only been a thing for a couple of years with the qualifying offer and the draft pick compensation stuff. Uh, okay, maybe. So this is between 17 and 18. So 17 yeah. might have been like the first year. Hmm. All right, let's get back to Keiko. Um, I think this is a great signing for uh, the White Sox. I do. Uh, we mentioned... We briefly mentioned earlier, uh, you did, that they also signed Gio Gonzalez, um, who's not the pitcher he once was, but he's still very solid. Um, but anyway, I think this is really going to push the White Sox to be contenders. They still have a way to go before they're a playoff team, but they are now a real team, and you have to watch out for them. Yeah. You can go ahead, Anthony. Um... You you go. I don't have a I don't have a lot. I just think this is a good signing for the White Sox. Um, really helps their pitching staff. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, I I really like this signing for the White Sox. I mean, 
if you look at um, Dallas Keuchel's numbers last year, I think a lot of teams were scared off by his numbers a little bit, but that's because, like we said a minute ago, he wasn't signed until midseason, so basically the first nine starts or whatever was really his spring training of workouts and his first couple of spring training outings. But if you look at something like his last nine times starts, he had a big turnaround. Maybe he wasn't an ace, but he was a, a number two starter, I think, on that team uh, with the stats he put up in his last nine starts. So I think with Dallas Keuchel now being signed this early, knowing he'll have a full spring training workout, all that, I think he's going to slot in at the number two spot right behind Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. And I think the White Sox are a team that are a possible wild card team for the American League this year now. That is a bold prediction. I agree. They're going to be competitive. But I I think the I, I am starting to like how slowly that division is getting more interesting. But it'll still be a while before we really see a true division race. But by the time the White Sox are a really good team, I feel like the Indians will have fallen off somewhat because the Indians, since they're a small market team, they can't afford all these guys that they have right now. So they're going to have to start trading guys for prospects. Mm-hmm. But the guys already started doing that. They're yeah. doing that. It's just a matter of it. if it's this year uh, or the trade deadline this year or next offseason. Fair. Um, Ari, why don't you tell us the next – why don't you lead us in the next discussion? I have to. This one pisses me off so much. Well, well not kind of. Hyunjin Ryu signed a four-year, $80 million deal with the Blue Jays. And I just can't believe how the Dodgers didn't match that. Ryu is totally worth that. Well, no, can put, no I, I think Ryu is worth that money. Maybe a so. little overpaid, but it could mostly because he's very injury-prone. But he had a very healthy 2019. He had, I think he was out for like a week in April. But after that, he was fine. He was he was good. So not only does this anger me that the Dodgers didn't match this, but it also angers me that he goes to the Blue Jays. Like, what the heck? The Blue yeah. Jays? I mean, they have a good future, but they're not going to be good for a while. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Well, I guess maybe it's kind of like the Machado signing. But, like, the Padres are, were much further along than the Blue Jays were when they got Machado. So, yes, the Blue Jays have a bunch of prospects that came up last year that all tore it up. Um, and I'll, I'll, give it, I'll give it to them. They've actually picked up some pitchers. You mentioned Tanner Roark. They also picked up Chase Anderson, pitcher for the um, – former pitcher for – picked, I think, originally from the Brewers – um, I think, I think, oh, no, I'm thinking of Zach Davies. Zach Davies went to the Padres, which is a good deal. That was with the, uh, what was the, that was like the, that was like a minor trade, but anyway, so that, um, so yeah, Zach Anderson, is that what I said? Something like uh, that. Chase Anderson. Anyway. Chase, Chase Anderson. Chase Anderson, that's it, thank you. Chase Anderson, so. Their pitching isn't bad now. You know, Ryu's very solid. I don't. I expect him to maybe regress a little bit, but I still expect him to put up really good numbers. Because I remember um, when he came back at the end of 2018, 
he put up like a 170 RA in his last 10 starts. So I remember like, okay, Ryu might go off next year. And he did. So I expect nothing less from, well, I expect maybe a little less from Ryu. Um, but he's going to be very good with them. And I think all in all, despite what I've said, this is a good signing for the Blue Jays. If Re- the only way it's a, it'll be a good signing, actually, is if Ryu can be consistent and stay healthy, and if the Blue Jays continue to develop at the rate that they're developing, then I think they could be a playoff team in two, three years. I really do. Um, they're not there yet, obviously, but give them time, give them some more pitching, um, maybe some more bats, and which is you know obviously a lot to ask for. Especially considering this, especially considering their GM, who's awful, um, from what I've heard. Um, I I think all in all, solid signing. Yeah, from um, this like I agree with you. It is a good signing for the Blue Jays. Um, but like you did, like you also mentioned, he's he's injury prone. Um, he does have good ERA numbers. Um, under three, I think, right. He finished under three. Yeah, right? It was like a two, four, five ERA, which is really good for a pitcher. Um, actually, a Cy that Young. Led, that led majors. Yeah, did did he? He didn't get top three in Cy Young though, did he? No, no he, he was runner he was up. Third. But he was a runner no, up. No, too. no, he was third. He was third. Oh, he was third. Okay, but point being, um, his ERA is very good. Uh, but what hurts him is that he doesn't have a lot of strikeouts. He doesn't get a, um a lot of strikeouts. Um, but he's also going to a hitting ballpark. Um, Toronto is partly because of the dome. They are a hitting ballpark. So well, honestly, I don't hurt. care if you strike out. If you don't strike out a lot of guys, I don't care. If I don't care. Get outs, if you don't get outs. Who cares? You know. You, hey, you, an out. I an out is an out at the end like of the day. One of the best soft contact race rates in all of baseball. It's really good. Yeah. So. Like, I remember watching him a few times. He, like, there is not a lot of hard contact against him. Yeah. Uh, which is good. And I, for me, the strikeout number doesn't really bother me because at the end of the day, an out is an out, which is going to lead you to a dub, hopefully. So, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Um, but he is going to a hitting ballpark, so I think that could help him or could hurt him um, and his injury prone. So I and uh, just a disclaimer here: um, If I were you, I would stay away from him in fantasy baseball drafts in the spring. No, nah, I, I I'd still be fine drafting him, but maybe not as high as he's probably going to go. I'd be perfectly fine to have him if I can get him at like a good round, maybe like seventh or eighth. You can be my guest in that. I'll let you. I will. I will. <laughs> And then when he sucks, well, or if and when he sucks, then I'll just... I, turn... He's not going to suck. <laughs> We're not well, surprised. I won't be drafting him because I won't be playing fantasy baseball. But anyways, <laughs> I'll just get my take in here real quick for a real. Is that... Yep. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this again, Ari, but... Um, yeah, I hit on it. For me, it was like... Well, if you're not gonna get Ryu, and if you're not gonna outbid the Blue Jays for Unjin Ryu, then you must get Mike Clevenger and Francisco Lindor from 
the uh, Indians at this point. That's really, I think, our only option at this point because to be outbid by the um, Blue Jays, which actually I don't even know that we were even in contact with Ryu because as of last week, I read an article saying that Hunjin Ryu had said the Dodgers were not even in contact with his representatives. Okay. Um, with with Ryu or with Ryu and his representatives, which is Boris. No. Yeah. No. He's, yeah. Oh yeah, wait. He's Boris. Oh wait. He's Boris. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He is a Boris rep. Continue. But you know, um, good for the Blue Jays. Good for them. I agree. I'm happy for the Blue Jays. I, I like the Blue Jays. I rooted for the Blue Jays when they were in the playoffs. You know, I wanted them to do good. Um, nothing against them whatsoever, except that their fans can be kind of crazy, especially after that, like, whole Bautista thing where, like, they were throwing a crap on the field. Um, and they have a... Uh, and, and, and even before that, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was, like, a very controversial run that was scored. Um, I remember that, yeah. I do not remember Yeah, then they threw... They had to stop the game for a solid five minutes to pick up the cans and bottles and cups off the field because of the controversialness of the play. And in the situation, it was like the seventh inning of game five, and the game was tied. So, I think I do remember that now. Yeah. So And then, of course, when the Bautista home run happens, fans were onto the field. They threw stuff on the field again. The game had to be stopped for another five minutes. So, like, the inning lasted, like... I swear to God, like an hour, 15 minutes. The seventh inning itself. Oof. Wow. What a great day well, to be at a baseball game. The for the for Toronto now is that they're going to get an influx of Korean immigrants. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> a bunch of Koreans came to, the United, came to L.A. when Ryu came. Uh, I'm serious. That's true. Um, I don't know. I guess the Blue Jays are technically the Canadian Dodgers because they're also blue. They're the only baseball team in Canada. <laughs> which is a dis- but the, which... I'm saying they're they are the Canadian Dodgers because they're a blue team. Okay. Um, no. And, and, they're blue and they're mo- they're red too. They're a little red, but the Dodgers have a little red too. No, they okay, don't. But, but the Blue Jays actually the have a full-on red uniform. Ah, uh, sure. Okay, whatever. But anyway, um, and Canada's red. I don't know how much you guys follow basketball, but Hunjin Ryu basically pulled a reverse Kawhi Leonard. He went from L.A. to Toronto. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Huh. Good way to tie that together. I was wondering where you were going to go once you started saying that. Um, Thanks. I think that kind of, that does conclude our Ryu conversation. We have two small deals that happened today. Francisco Cervelli, a catcher, Signed a one-year, two-million deal with the Marlins. Also another depressing team of baseball. Also another depressing team of baseball right now. And Cesar Hernandez, a one-year, six-point-two-five million deal with the Cleveland Indians. Right, I want um, to say something about that actually. Okay. Because they signed Cesar Hernandez, you know he's not a difference maker. He's like an average player. But the reason I, the the reason that matters. I don't think that they're going to be getting rid of Lindor or Clevenger, or maybe Clevenger, but not 
not Lindor this offseason. This offseason, maybe trade deadline if they suck, but I don't think not. Then probably Clevenger, probably not Clevenger either. So now their lineup is complete because they had a hole at second base, and Kipnis was sucking, and he was a free agent. So good that they got rid of him. Um. So I, I and you know Cesar Hernandez isn't you know that much better, but like he's a more consistent hitter. He's more of an average guy. So a good signing for the Indians there, and that also means I, I honestly think the Indians are going to go for it this year. But obviously, if it doesn't work out for them, then I think they're going to be massive sellers during the deadline and probably next off season too. I mean, if that's your opinion, then I'm just going to boycott the Dodgers all season and scream at my TV all season. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Funny. Um, Not funny. I'm going to die. I'm going to bring this uh, full circle here. Um, I think the big takeaway from all this is, um, for me personally, after last offseason, I did not like Scott Boris, and... Just the way that whole offseason went with Harper and Machado and how slow it went, given that Harper was represented by Boris, I really did not like the guy. However, after seeing tweets the last three weeks, um, I have seen just what an, what an incredibly smart guy Scott, Scott Boris is. He has negotiated over $1 billion of contracts for his clients this offseason alone in the last three weeks. Garrett Cole, $324 million for the Yankees. Strasburg and Rendon, $245 million each for their respective teams. Ryu, $80 million. Moustakas, $64 million with the Reds. We did cover that move in the last episode with Jake. Dallas Keuchel, $55.5 million. Jerickson Profar, $5.7 million with the Padres. And Tony Watson, $3 million with the Giants. He's negotiated over $1 billion in contracts this offseason alone. He also has Grandal. He does have Grandal, okay. I did not know that. And he also has he also has the $330 million that he negotiated for Bryce Harper in the spring. So we're talking $1.3 billion, something like that now, right? Something like that. Okay. On average, hold on. On average, a, a an agent will get um an agent will get what is it? 5% Nick? Yep, 5%. Got it. Hold on. All right. So he will get on average 5%. Multiply that. That is about 60 no, I am wrong on that. I don't remember the exact math right now. But that is over $60 million that he will get in the next 10 years. Over $60 million. The point is, he's a multi-millionaire. Yeah. And so, just I'm going to put this out there for any of the young folks. Um, consider being... Okay, well, for our listeners, per se. Just going to put this out there. Consider being a sports agent. Because if you're smart about it, you can make a ton of money. So, the last topic for today. Um, this is on a good, but also on a sad note. 
Ian Kinsler has announced his retirement. Um, what a great career he has had. However, he did finish one hit shy of 2,000 hits. One. So, that is unfortunate for him and too bad. He did go out with the ring, though, 2018. Oh, yeah, he was on that. Well, he didn't go out, but, like, he got a ring, Hmm. which I'm happy for him. I really like Dean Kinsler. I do, too. He absolutely rakes on the show. That's the only reason why I like him. Um, (laughs) But I – no, I'm kidding. I I, I like him. He's a great player to watch. He could hit the ball anywhere at any time. He could play good defense at second, except on that one throw that cost the Red Sox – Game three of the 2018 World Series, but they still got the ring, so no one remembers that except Dodger fans who want to hold on to false hope that they might <laughs> happen again. I'm sad. Um, nothing but respect for Ian Kinsler. Um, love the guy. Played the game hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The only thing I'll remember him for is really the throwing error that helped the Dodgers. Yeah, I was in shock when that happened. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe he did that. And I couldn't really celebrate much because it was late at night and everyone else was asleep. Oof. I was doing. I was writing an essay that was due at midnight that night. When the Dodgers. <laughs> that is a double Dodgers, oof. When the Dodgers won that night, I heard like maybe two or three other people in my apartment complex whisper scream. Yeah. Yeah, I opened my window the second we hit the walk-up to hear if anyone would go crazy. Yeah, that was a that was a good game. I that was fun. That was fun. Um, At any rate, that will wrap up our episode for this evening. This was episode 16 of Baseball Spotlight on National Sports Radio. Thank you to our guest, Nick Bearer, for coming on to join us this evening. Um, We will talk about some trade rumors on our next episode. Um, On behalf of the three of us, we would like to wish you all a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year or Hanukkah, whichever you celebrate a happy holidays and new year and we will be back soon with another episode have a great night this was anthony remedios with ari friedman and nick bearer on national sports radio baseball spotlight good night